0: Welcome back to the reopening of Life Church. We've been closed for nine Sundays due to the current crisis, but it's great to be back worshiping the Lord together. Psalm 100 says, Serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who has made us, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we come before you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are our shepherd. You lead us, you guide us, you protect us, you provide for us. And it's so good to be back together with the sheep of your flock, with our fellow believers here on Sunday mornings. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the presence of your spirit this morning, and we lift up our hearts in praise and worship to you. We ask that you speak to us from your word this morning, encourage our hearts, and help us to draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be able to sing and worship the Lord with one another, and so we give thanks to the Lord for his protection, his guidance, and his provision for our church family over the past months our current message is called church without walls and in this season we we've continued to meet virtually through the internet and by phone over the past months and now we're moving forward beginning to meet together again on Sunday mornings we're doing things carefully with attention to everyone's safety I want to say thank you again to Baldwin police chief Doug Schaeffler Who is overseeing our security and our safety protocols. Now we are going to continue our Zoom small group meetings during the week. Uh, If you haven't been involved in these meetings, we encourage you to take part in at least one small group meeting each week. It's very simple. All you need to do is uh, use your phone or computer to participate. You simply click a link and you are into the conference. We're also going to continue to stream the service live on Sunday mornings for those who aren't able to attend our service. We believe there's something important about gathering together for worship, gathering together for prayer, gathering together to hear the word. And so we're grateful to God for opening the door for that to happen once again. Now today our message is entitled Prevailing Church. No matter what comes against God's church, the church will prevail and continue to impact lives for Jesus. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6 verse 18, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Satan and the gates of hell meant for this current crisis to cause evil, to harm people, to harm the church of God. But God is now and in the future is going to use it for good. The church will continue to grow across the world and reach more and more people for Jesus. I believe that life church will continue to grow both spiritually and numerically as we continue to trust and seek God. God is shaking the entire world in our time so that his church And kingdom will prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. They will not have the last word. God and his church, the church that Jesus died for, will come through this season stronger than ever. We will prevail against the gates of hell and rescue many more people for Jesus. Now today we're going to be studying a fascinating story in Acts chapter 12. We're going to learn how the early church prevailed in a difficult season in their history. And I believe that God wants to encourage us in the time that we are in as well. The first principle that we need to embrace is that united prayer is powerful. United prayer is powerful. Our story begins in Acts chapter 12 verse 1. It says, about that time Herod the king had laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Now you'll recall that back in Acts chapter 7, Stephen was the first martyr. He was stoned to death by the Jewish leaders for teaching about Jesus. But now, not only were the Jewish leaders persecuting the Christians, now the Roman government was getting involved in the persecution of the church. And so to enhance his own popularity, King Herod sought to please the Jews. Now the Jews were upset with the growth of the church because both Gentiles and Jews were joining the church and being saved and leaving the synagogues. Herod decided to persecute the church. Herod began to arrest and behead with the sword those the Jews most feared. James, the brother of John, was one of the 12 apostles chosen by Jesus, an important leader in the church. He was beheaded with the sword, just as John the Baptist had been during the ministry of Jesus. Our story continues in verse 3. And it says, And when he, that is Herod, saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending, after the Passover, to bring him out to the people. And so since the killing of James pleased the Jews, Herod now arrested one of the most prominent apostles in Jerusalem, Peter. The Jews were holding the festival of unleavened bread, followed by the Passover, and so Herod kept Peter in prison until those Jewish holidays were over to avoid upsetting them. And the plan then was to execute Peter after the Passover. Now earlier in Acts chapter 5, we read that the apostles had been arrested but, and put in prison, but angels had helped them to escape. And Herod, seeking to keep that from happening with Peter, stationed four squads of soldiers to guard him. Each squad would guard him for three hours at a time. Each squad had four soldiers. Two would be in the cell chained to Peter and two at the cell door. It seemed like an impossible situation to escape. Stephen, a great church leader, had been stoned to death. James had been beheaded And now Peter was scheduled to be executed immediately after the Passover. Things did not seem to be looking good for the church. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And so the only thing that the church could do was to pray. A church consisted, we know, of thousands of people by this time. But they had no buildings to meet in. And so they met in homes to pray earnestly that somehow God would do the impossible. That God would rescue Peter from death by execution. Verse 6, Acts chapter 12. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And so the next morning would have been the day after Passover. Herod's plan was to bring Peter out. On that day, perform a public execution with the sword. We see four soldiers guarding Peter, making sure that he did not escape. Well, as we read the chapter, we see that suddenly an angel appeared in the cell with Peter. Peter was still sleeping. The angel hit Peter to wake him up. And Peter got up, and as he did, the chains binding him to two of the soldiers fell off. The angel told Peter, get dressed and follow me. This was so surreal and so unbelievable that Peter thought he was seeing a vision, that this was not actually happening. The guards that had been chained to him were in a deep sleep, as were the sentries at the door. As Peter and the angel approached The gate of the prison, it opened by itself. And as they left the prison grounds, the angel disappeared and Peter was left by himself. Verse 11 says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Peter realized that his escape had not been a dream. It had not been a vision, but it was reality. The impossible had happened. He'd been rescued from certain death. The united prayer of that early church was powerful. Now, in our story so far, we've seen the importance of prayer meetings. And we see these type of prayer meetings throughout the book of Acts. Why? Because they were essential to the growth of the church and its members. Now we may have questions today such as why can't we all just pray individually at our homes? Why do we have to have prayer meetings? Well, we all can and we should have our individual Bible study and prayer times each day. And yet there is something powerful, released As the people of God gather together to pray. God's spirit is present in a special way. Now in the last few months we've been having weekly seek God meetings to pray together. And we've been doing it through Zoom audio video conferencing on our phones or computers. And we're going to continue to have those meetings on on Wednesday nights. And we hope to have even more people participate. So that everyone that participates and the entire church family can be blessed. Perhaps you've been apprehensive about getting involved in a prayer meeting. Maybe, maybe you feel like you couldn't pray in front of other people. Well, the good news is that you don't have to pray aloud in front of other people at our prayer meetings. Uh, you can simply listen. You can agree. You can pray silently with other people's prayers. But your very presence And silent prayers are a blessing and have power. And so I'd like to encourage every attender to be involved in at least one of our weekly meetings outside of the Sunday morning service. It's one way to join together with other believers. We have small group meetings in the evenings on Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. Details are on the front page of our website Life Church, Louis.org. And even if you're watching this over the internet and you haven't ever joined us on Sunday mornings at our location in Chesterfield, we invite you to join us for our Bible studies and other meetings uh, via Zoom conference at this time. United prayer is powerful. The next thing God wants to teach us this morning is that, is that great faith isn't required. And we'll get on what that means in a minute. Let's move on to verse 13. It says, And when he, that is Peter, knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. Well, Peter had found his way to the house of Mary where a prayer meeting was going on. And so this was one of the small group meetings that was engaged in praying for Peter, praying that he would be rescued from prison and this imminent execution. And so this servant girl, Rhoda, answered the door, excitedly ran back to tell others, leaving Peter standing outside. Well, after she went in, verse 15, the people inside said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. And so the people praying for Peter's release didn't believe Rhoda. They told her that she was crazy. And when she kept on telling them that Peter was at the door, they tried to dismiss her, saying, you must be seeing Peter's guardian angel. Well, Peter didn't give up. He kept knocking on the door, and finally they let him inside. Everyone was amazed. Amazed at what? Amazed that their prayers were answered. Their prayers had actually been answered. And so it seems that the believers were praying fervently for Peter, but they really didn't have much faith that their prayers would be answered. They certainly did not expect Peter to show up at the door of the house that they were praying in. And yet God answers The prayers of people who are not praying with great faith. And that should be an encouragement to all of us. We often feel as though that we don't have enough faith for the things that we are praying for. But God still answers, even if we have little faith. After Peter came in to the prayer meeting, verse 17 says, But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, He described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. And so Peter addressed the prayer meeting. He told them how God had answered uh, their prayers. He told them how the angel had come and miraculously brought him out of the prison. And then he left for a safer place. And so great faith is not required for our prayers to be answered. Jesus said that if we have faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, great things can be accomplished through prayer. You know, sometimes we tend to disqualify ourselves or or our prayers. We may think that our prayers are not working and maybe there's something wrong with our faith or somehow we don't have enough faith. Now, there are many things in life that take time to grow in and master. For example, suppose you... You want to learn to play the piano. It's not going to happen in a day. In order to play the piano, you need to take lessons from someone who is more proficient. You observe how they play the piano. They give you lessons, and then you practice. And your practice would begin with simple pieces, and then it would eventually move on to more complicated pieces. To become a good piano player would normally take years of lessons and practices. But God desires for every believer to be a good prayer. A good prayer is simply someone who has learned to talk to God, to listen to God, and to speak back to God as one would converse with another person. And as we learn to pray in private, you will have more confidence to pray with others as the Lord leads you. The more you pray and see answers to your prayers, the more your faith. Will grow. And so God's desire for our church is for it to grow in prayer, grow in prayer power as each of us grows in our individual prayer lives. Next, we're going to see in our story that God's church is unstoppable. Now, remember that it was King Herod that had taken up this campaign of persecution, executing the Apostle James, trying to execute. Peter let's see what happened in verse 21 it says on an appointed day Herod put on his royal robes took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them to his uh, to the people there and the people were shouting the voice of a God and not of a man now Herod was a very prideful ruler a very prideful king he lived in great luxury and decadence And as he was speaking to the people, they began to chant this phrase, the voice of a God, not of a man, the voice of a God, not of a man. What happened? Well, verse 23 says, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. And so here we see angels involved once again, in this case, striking down King Herod. Not only had he been persecuting and killing believers, now he was accepting worship as a God, as a divinity. The historian Josephus records that King Herod was overcome in violent pain during this speech, and he died in agony a few days later. Now, the scripture has no record of how the church was praying regarding King Herod, but but I have no doubt that their prayers were instrumental in God releasing his judgment on this evil king. Herod who had sought to execute Peter. Had in turn been, in, been uh, judged by an angel of the Lord. Now that leads to the question. Why did God allow the apostle James to be executed? And Peter rescued Now, I can't say I have the answer to that question. We we really don't know all that was in God's plan, all that was in God's heart. And yet, we must believe that God's purpose for James' life was over. And it was time for him to go to his heavenly reward. Well, Peter still had much work to be done for the kingdom. And so, Peter was rescued. Now, the next verse gives the conclusion to our story today. Verse 24. Verse 24. It says, but the word of the Lord increased and multiplied. The word of King Herod, his oratory that made people think he was divine, was silenced forever. And yet God's word increased and multiplied. Now what does that mean, that God's word increased and multiplied? Well, God's word increases and multiplies as it is taught and changes people's lives. As people are saved by truth, believing in the truth of God's word about Jesus, they in turn begin to speak God's word. They begin to be filled with God's word. And so God's word increases, going from one person to another as more and more people get saved. God's church is unstoppable. Nothing can stop the forward movement and growth of God's family across the world. Now, as we think about what this story means for us today, God is sovereign. He raises up and removes leaders over countries even today. And as we pray, even if we may feel that we have little faith, God moves mountains. And I believe that God has great things ahead for our church, for Life Church. Even though God is shaking, really, the entire world, his kingdom and his church will not be shaken. We are built upon the unshakable rock of Jesus Christ. The church will prevail. And as the church advances, each member of the church will be blessed and continue to grow spiritually. As the church advances, more people will be saved and added to the kingdom, including your friends and your relatives that you've been Praying for, sometimes for years. So I'm glad that we're part of God's prevailing church. And so this morning I want to give everyone who's listening an opportunity to be part of God's church. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and to be born again. There's three steps to committing your life to Jesus Christ. First of all, you need to admit that you've sinned. And turn away from that sin. Repent of that sin. Secondly. B. You need to believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that he died on the cross. That your sins might be forgiven. And he rose from the dead. C. Commit your life to following Jesus. As your Lord and Savior. So. Let's pray together. Pray along with me wherever you're at. Father today. I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. And I repent. I repent. I turn away from those sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Took my sin upon himself. Paid the penalty that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior from this day forth. In Jesus name. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for the privilege of meeting together again for worship this Sunday. We're grateful for your presence among us and for your protection. Help us to grow in the power of united prayer as a church family. I pray that each person this morning might be encouraged to pray with the faith that they have. We believe that your church is unstoppable and your kingdom is unshakable. May our church continue to grow to reach more people with the truth of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed this prayer today with me to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, or to recommit your life, we'd like to pray for you and send you some helpful material. Please indicate that you prayed in the comments below, or contact us the church via messenger. Uh, email or through our phone number, uh, which is on our website, or on Facebook. Our stewardship scripture this week is found in Matthew 6, 24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so today, may we choose to serve one master alone, that's God and not money. We believe that he will provide and care for us as we put him first. And so God's word tells us to give tithes, which are 10% of our income to support the local church, and offerings, which are given above the tithe to support worldwide missions. Online giving is available at lifechurchstlouis.org give, and checks can be mailed into our church at 15036 Clayton Road, Chesterfield. Thank you to all those who are continuing to faithfully give to God and support our church, family, and our missionaries. We invite you to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. We'll be meeting at our facility, at, as again, on Clayton Road in Chesterfield uh, for the last message in our Church Without Wall series, which is entitled, spirit baptism. We're going to talk about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not able to attend our physical meeting, the message will continue to be streamed online next Sunday at 10 a.m. on both Facebook and YouTube. God bless you. Have a great Sunday and rest of the week.